let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, one of my goals for 2024 is to check out more new local music, but finding it can be tough. Like, where do you start? Christopher Nome co-founded Listen Local First to support DC's homegrown music scene, and he's here to share tips and tricks for making the most of it. Today's Wednesday, January 3rd. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC is talking about. So Chris, since the pandemic, there's been a real proliferation of smaller music venues. What has it been like to see venues like the Black Cat really grow into what they are now? So what the pandemic has done is actually what it was re- really terrible for 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 the music economy because any successful music economy require is built on what we call a pyramid so you've got your biggest venues at the top then you have your small venues your 1800 600 cap venues then you've got your really small venues at the event and the same thing the, you have the largest number of small venues anywhere from 100 to 300 and what we saw during the pandemic, even though there are a couple of venues that have come up, we lost about 15 venues during the pandemic. So that took a giant chunk out of the base of our of our music ecosystem and our venue ecosystem. So a lot, unfortunately, a lot of those venues catered to jazz, soul, funk. They were the small spaces. They were the community spaces. And so I think what that has done is create a gaping hole within the community and really thrown the balance off for the venue ecosystem. So yes, we do have some opportunities and there are some new venues that are that are coming online now that are really impressive and they're trying to do great work. But I think the damage that we incurred during the pandemic is gonna take a decade or more to get back those spaces that were so valued to the community. Yeah, I have been going to Twins, the jazz club, since I was a child, my dad took me there pretty much my whole life. And it broke my heart to see that place shut its doors. So sad. And that was really a staple of the jazz community. And as well as a number of places, that corridor was, you know, Marvin was really getting into it. You had been 1301. You had a number of places further down on on U Street. And then, you know, Soto was a great jazz spot. All of those places folded. So it's it's really sad. I'm 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 happy to see that there are a number of places coming back that are taking some of the spaces, but but yeah, we're you're not we're not going to get twins back, which is which is sad. So, given where we are with this shifting ecosystem of local music in DC, what are some of your favorite smaller spots that folks should know about? 
So yeah, I love different venues for different reasons. Huge fan of DC9 just because of the sort of indie acts they pull through. The sound is really good in this space. I love the pie shop because they're family owned. They're trying, to, they really support local, local musicians. They do a lot for local bands for all sorts of genres. They're really trying really unique programming there. Same goes with the pocket too. I mean, really, that is like the stepping stone for any artist that that wants to come up and play. You play the pocket, you play a small room, you build a fan base, you go on to the next level. And I just also really love Songbird because I think they're that sort of in-between venue size where you the next step up is like is the black cat is the hamilton is sort of like a bigger even like a union stage those are some that i really like in the smaller venues but each venue plays such an important role in the ecosystem and actually from like you know the specific either what the genre is they support or the way they support local music or the showcases they support i think they're all they're all incredible in their own way So let's talk about that a little bit, because I feel like small venues, like some of the ones that you've mentioned, are where a lot of local bands in D.C. get their start. But even that kind of requires a a level of exposure and effort from audiences and listeners. So I can understand why folks might be like something like a porch fest, which D.C. has, might be an easier lift to finding local music. What do you think about porch fest? (laughs) You can be honest. Well, no, no, no. I think so. So every, again, every sort of festival event has their space in the broader ecosystem. I mean, Porch Fest is a good way to get people out to experience sort of new bands that are starting out. So that is a good way to get that initial fan base, you know, get in front of people that you've never seen before. But, you know, that's not a place that someone wants to get paid for their music would necessarily go. And it's important when we think about the arts in this community, we think about there is, as an artist... If you want to pursue your art as a way of life, we have to talk about like making a living. And there are plenty of musician-driven events. Like if you're a songwriter, you can play the nine, you know, songwriter series and try to get on those. You can try and get on a so far sound show. You can apply for these things. You know, there are there are a number of other collectives that do these events. They're more like traveling open mics or just like showcases uh, where people can get on. And it's hard because there's not a lot of opportunities. But you know, really getting to know the community, getting to know the people, getting to know some of the venue owners. Like, so if they like you, and if you know, say they might have an opening, it's maybe a little bit. You know, it's a little pay for like an opening act, but that that'll be your first opportunity. That's your opportunity for the venue to see you perform, see how you perform in that set. You know, and then if you have a good experience in one space, that word sort of travels within the community. So how can folks discover local music? It can seem hard. I feel like I'm a little bit like out of the scene. It makes me feel old. How can folks like me find new local music? Oh, you know, it's gotten a lot harder because we used to have a pretty thriving local art media scene or media art scene and so you had all the papers had music blogs or there were a number of different music blogs and sites but those as we know like journalism is hard and you just see folks close down their their site that was focusing on local music so that's been kind of sad so it's you know i think it's hard to navigate now there's a couple sites like you know you can always check out like what the post and dcs are doing in terms of like highlighting local local music you know check out folks like Hometown Sounds. But I think a good thing is like getting out to experience live music 
And I really like the DC Music Live app because that's basically created a show list. So if you want to see any show going on any given night, you know, you can go to DC Music Live, you can see any show that's happening at any venue across town that night, and you can sort by like neighborhood and you can access shows that way. I also say if you find an artist that you like, you know, go in, see who they've played shows with locally. Cause that's that's often expands that expands your network of music. So you see a band that you like, you go on their social media, you're like, oh look, last week they played a show with these other two bands. And like maybe that allows you to expand your network that way. So what local showcases do you recommend? In terms of local showcases, I mean, you've got the Boundary Stone Jam that happens like a couple times a month where they have, you know, a a folk artist come on and he sort of leads and chooses a number of artists to come up. And there's also any given number of venues like DC9 will host an artist for the whole month. They'll do like every Monday this artist performs and brings in a bunch of guests and performers. So it's it's kind of like a residency. You'll have venues do that. You've got the AV sessions, which happens at the pie shop once a month and showcases different local talent, specifically up and coming local talent, which is really special. And I'd say there are a number of local you know, festivals and showcases like the H3 Festival and I'd say smaller local festivals that do a good job of of highlighting local acts. But the, 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 I guess the takeaway is we just need more of these. We need more local versions, local showcases, more collectives doing more events because there's definitely an appetite for it. It's time to get dressed up, DC. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow! There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. Chris, how did you become someone who cares so deeply about the vibe of the music scene in D.C.? <laughs> I well, I'm I'm a music lover. When I first moved down here, probably 15 years ago, I was trying to get to multiple shows a week. I think at some point I was going to maybe three or four shows a week. So just getting out there and getting to see music was something that was really important to me. I was lucky to be able to work with a couple organizations that did a lot of work with the independent music labels and do work on on uh, music advocacy and and research and education early in my time in dc and that really connected me to the music community and that led to the launch of listen local first which is a music initiative that's been around now for about 12 years sort of the whole idea is about creating new opportunities for local music engagement, local music, activation, connecting artists with fans and fans with artists. That was really the way that I was able to connect deeper and, and you know, use my skills and uh, policy and advocacy to be able to help with the music community. You said that you've been part of this community for 12 years. What do you think is most important in keeping it alive? I think it's important that we have people that 
you know, that we continue to grow community and understand that the local government provides all these tools, you know, to support these efforts. And many of the festival organizers throughout the city get grants and many artists get grants from um, the DC Commission of the Arts and Humanities. So I'd also beg all the listeners and podcasters and journalists and anyone, there are grants out there that the commission gives to folks to be able to do their work. And um, it's one of the biggest state arts agencies in the country. And I think folks should connect with DCCH, follow them on social media, and learn about all the grant opportunities because there's tons of them. Um, unfortunately, the, the fiscal year ends at the end of September, so we're coming to the end of our fiscal year, but starting you know, in October, November, the new grant cycle starts for the, for the following year. So what do you think makes the local music scene in DC different from other places? So I think the local music scene in DC is so special because there is a tremendous amount of history and knowledge and culture behind the scene and behind the artists that have made DC home for so long. So I, I think like it's important when you go down to a neighborhood like U Street and you walk around and you see all these old spaces, it's important to understand like, you know, this was the home of Duke Ellington, Cab Calloway, like some of the most amazing jazz artists of the world. Like this was where they played. This is where, you know, home of protests came here and artists came here and, and the importance of the creation and what role DC played in, in any given genre. I mean, you have like one of the biggest movements in punk and hardcore started here. And then you like take a deep dive back into folk and you look at like, DC was home of one of the first bluegrass pirate radio stations in the country. All of these genres that you may like have a home in DC. And it's really interesting if you want to take that dive to see how DC played an impact on that music that you love. And I think if you do that and you take that dive, then each artist and each art form, whether they're from here or they came here, they're inspired by something, they are connected to something that is part of the lifeblood of the city. And I think that makes exploring the scene fascinating and so exciting. And there's endless opportunity to continue to learn more. Chris, thank you so much for being here. This was great. Thank you. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell somebody that you can't wait to see live music with. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.